hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of uh, Faith Greater Than Fear. And I'm Mike Shruggy from GMPI here in Joplin, Missouri. And we have in the last several months since the pandemic started actually, began visiting with people and saying how their faith is making a difference and is greater than some of the fear that many in our world feel during this time. And my, we're into not just a marathon, this is a triathlon of a different season for all of us. And so uh, we get to interview people from all walks of life and from whether they're near or far. Today, our guest is Maggie Shade and she's near, not that far away from us in Joplin, Missouri. Maggie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we were talking before the program that you and your husband graduated from Milligan College. My daughter, one of my daughters, went there as well. Tell us a little about your family, where you met, uh, about your family now here, and what you and your husband are in ministry-wise, would you? Yeah, so I'm originally from Amarillo, Texas, very proud Texas girl, um, and then went to school at Milligan. That's where my husband Isaac and I met, um, and I when I was at Milligan, I just really kind of started to see the connection between um, Jesus and justice and, you know, this desire for some community impact kind of initiatives, things like that, and just to see the local church at the center of those things. And um, we ended up here in the Joplin area at Christ Church of Orinoco. And actually next month, I'll celebrate 10 years on staff here at Christ Church. So, so exciting, such an honor and a blessing to be able to be a part of this church. And my husband, Isaac, is the chapel minister and a professor, a worship professor at Ozark. Um, and he just finished up four years there. So he's starting his fifth year. Um, and yeah, we love life and ministry. We've done ministry um, together at the same place and now doing ministry at two different places, but seeing the overlap there. So we love it. We have a four-year-old son named Pax and a one-year-old daughter named Poppy. So life is very busy these days. <laughs> and there are many in our audience that will identify with that last bit of being a younger couple with children. Now you don't have them maybe in full-time school yet, no, but... No. Talk about the whole balancing two people, uh, man and wife, husband and wife working in uh, different roles and ministries and balancing with children. How's that going with this uh, pandemic? Um, you know, it, it started out very interesting. Um, so our son Pax was in uh, his first year of preschool last year. He's right now in his um, second year of preschool. And so he, uh, you know, obviously school ended for him. And so we were all home all of a sudden and trying to figure out how to balance all of that um, with a baby and a four-year-old and and two separate ministry jobs and there were a couple times a week where um we would have zoom calls at the same time and so it was kind of like okay how are we going to keep a four-year-old and a one-year-old entertained on their own while we have these separate zoom calls and so those were always very tricky very tricky times but we made it we survived we we you know just really decided at the beginning of all of this like okay this could be a season where we feel really crazy and out of control and we don't know what we're doing or we could say all right this is a season where we the four of us are at home together and we could be really intentional with that and so we chose to be really intentional and i'm so so thankful because we um you know are looking back on that time when we were just at home not going anywhere as 
as having some really great memories and um, times where we could just really kind of cement ourselves as the shades, as the as a family and what that meant, especially after, you know, with me finishing up 10 years on staff um, here at Christ Church and then him finishing four years at Ozark, which is like, you know, one cycle of students. It was kind of a really great time to just take a deep breath and, and you know, be able to just really look back and reflect and be so thankful for the years of ministry that we've had and, and get excited about, um, you know, the next season of ministry and, and to just really enjoy our kids. They're at such a fun age and um, it was just really fun. It was, it was a good time um, just trying to make the most of a really difficult season. And that's so people of faith seem to excel in, and that's what we hear, Maggie, over and over. And I know there's going to be people that uh, continue to lose jobs and continue to be told in various states, uh, lockdown is re-initiated. Uh, and so the word to those listening from your family to them would be relish it, cherish it, lean into it, extract the most from it and make it a memory maker and not let it be that which will kind of maybe even tear you apart or be something bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, in our family, we believe wholeheartedly that God does not waste anything, not even our deepest sorrow, our hardest season. None of that is wasted. He doesn't waste it. So we, did, we shouldn't waste it either. You know, if he is working in all of that and through all of that, then we want to be open to that and see his hand in all of that and not waste those times. Good words, good words. We're going to move from the family and ministry and uh, congratulations on both of those uh, anniversaries, by the way. Um, but you mentioned in your opening about justice and you mentioned about that being something God worked on your heart as a student and now as a married woman in ministry mom um, the here in Joplin there is the rise coalition so unpack that for us what does the acronym rise mean and what is the coalition yeah so the rise coalition it stands for regional intervention of sexual exploitation um and so we have this coalition that really is just that it's a coalition it brings the whole community together to fight sexual exploitation to fight um, human trafficking in all of the various ways that it manifests itself um, and so we focus specifically here locally. There's some incredible organizations like RAFA, Black Box International that look overseas. Um, and I think that's what kind of piques people's interest or what their first maybe interaction with trafficking was to look at it overseas. Um, but we just have learned and continue to learn that this is something that is happening like crazy here in our local community. Um, and so we have this coalition that brings together um, the faith community, law enforcement on a local level and a federal level and a state level, um, the medical community, education, um, social workers, just really anyone that needs to have a seat at the table to fight human trafficking, we try to bring them all together. And our main focus is our training. Uh, we, want, we want accurate, faith-based information out there about human trafficking, which is really, really important, especially right now. Um, so we do trainings for the medical community, law enforcement, um, parents, just everyday community members, churches. And then we also have our victims response team, um, which is the team of people that 
whenever they get a call from law enforcement or from the hospital or, or just the, you know, a community member that there is a case of human trafficking, then they um, are able to respond and um, just to help provide that victim with whatever it is they need. Because every, every situation is so different. Um, we see a lot of trends and patterns in human trafficking, but, but there is no no formula. There is no exact, you know, this is what it looks like. And so our victim's response team is able to go in and, and offer whatever services are needed in that specific um, situation. And so we have had such great community response and support in this. And, um, you know, the Joplin community is rare. It, in Compared to other communities, I mean, there is just a sense of community collaboration that you will not find many places. Um, and we have found that to be especially true in our anti-trafficking work. And so we're so, so thankful for that. But it really just is an opportunity for anyone in the community who wants to fight human trafficking to come together and do that. That is awesome. And that is literally being the mouth, hands, and feet of Jesus in some very active and proactive ways. And every one of those victims has a face. Everyone has a name and everyone as a story. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit without revealing that, just what are some of the stats and then bringing it down to a story without any confidentiality being in any way violated here. Tell us what, what are we seeing here in the Midwest even? You wouldn't think, oh no, not in the Midwest, we're in the Bible Belt, we're conservative, we're Christian, we're isolated from the coast and yet that's not the case oh not the case at all um well it, it since 2016 well from 2016 to 2019 the rise coalition has been able to work with 131 victims of human trafficking that doesn't count anything before 2016 or since 2020 started which we have helped a lot of victims in 2020 um so 131 victims and um which is just crazy to think about those numbers that here in in Joplin and you know our small town tight knit community that that's what's happening and those are just the ones that have been reported disclosed identified that our coalition has been able to work with and there's so so many more um, that we would love to work with that that maybe are getting you know connections from somewhere else and so just those numbers alone are, are just crazy to think about and and it looks like I was saying it looks so different for every every person and. And the thing to remember, so a lot of people ask, okay, what, what exactly is sex trafficking? What, what defines that? Because it is this really broad topic, but sex trafficking is when a commercial sex act is elicited by the use of force, fraud, or coercion. But if it's a minor, then force, fraud, or coercion does not have to be in place. Any commercial sex act involving a minor is sex trafficking. And so because of that, there's so many different cases of it. Um, it's things that happen in person. It's things that happen online. The thing that, that we always have to remember and, and when we're educating the community is to say that your child is more likely to be trafficked from their own bedroom than they are from anywhere else because they have phones, they have computers, they have tablets, they have devices where people can traffic them without them ever leaving your home. And that's terrifying, but it's just encouragement for us as parents and community members to be aware and to be on guard about all of those things. And so um, I, I just think of so many stories that our victims response team has been able to help. And, and one in particular that I think about is a, a young girl um, a teenage girl that 
just happened to be chatting with someone online. She was using her phone. She chatted with someone who, who said that he was this teenage guy. Um, and so, you know, she felt a lot of, of love from him and adoration. There was, there was grooming that happened. He knew what he was doing, um, convinced her to meet up with him. And so she did. And then when she finally did, it turned out he was a grown man. He was a middle-aged man. And at that point he had done such a good job of grooming her that she didn't, it didn't matter anymore because she felt that love and that acceptance. Um, and then from that, she ended up getting pregnant at an incredibly young age. Um, and thank God for our law enforcement and for our medical community um, and our victims response team that was able to step in and identify that and um, to prosecute that case, which doesn't always happen in cases of trafficking because it's so complicated. But um, justice was served in that and that man will not be able to traffic or groom or harass any other young girl again. Um, but it's cases like that that, you know, this girl lives in my community. She lives, you know, in my backyard, basically. And, and this is what's happening from her phone. Um, and then we just see situations like that time and time again, or, or girls just getting involved into people that they think love them, that are providing stability for them, um, that are grooming them. And then they, they end up in situations that they're unable to get out of. Great. So the statistics for just a small place like Joplin are pretty high and uh, putting a face on just one young individual helps us to understand, doesn't it, Maggie, that not is it just something that's for either the very rich because they have all this access or the very poor because they're more vulnerable. It is anyone and it's everyone. If they have, as you said, a device, phone, tablet, they are vulnerable. If you don't have the training in place, the apps protecting in place, the monitoring of adults on the content, it is just there. Tell us real quickly some things about, you talked about trainings. What first can a mom and dad do? Let's go there first. And then we'll talk about what the community can do. Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is for a mom and dad to remember that they are mom and dad. Like, yes, you can be friends with your kid. You can have a great relationship with your kid. But at the end of the day, God placed you in that role as their mother and father to protect them, to love them, to make sure that they are raising them in a way that is God honoring. And that is, that is protecting them. And so, you know, I talk to parents all the time that say, well, that's my child's phone and, and they deserve privacy. And yeah, they're to an extent, like we want our children to be independent and, and you can trust your child, but I don't trust the rest of the world. I don't trust the people out there. You know, I say all the time, like, let's say that, that Arrowhead Stadium is filled with thousands and thousands of sexual predators. Would you ever send your child into that stadium alone without protection? Oh my goodness, no, never in a million years would we do that. But when we hand our child a phone and we don't have those protections in place, we don't have that trust built with them, we don't have that monitoring and protection, then that's exactly what we're doing. We are feeding them to the wolves. And it, it's a balance. We don't want to, you know, exactly what this, these interviews are about. We don't want to live in fear. We don't want to 
go around thinking everyone is out to get our children and everyone is terrible. But at the same time, we have to have a healthy awareness that there are people out there that want to hurt and exploit our children. And so we have to have that balance so that we can raise our children to be healthy, God-loving people that are protected from these monsters. So mom and dad, be mom, be dad. <laughs> Number two, let's talk a little bit more about the community. What can uh, the community do? Maybe the church, maybe we'll start there and then we can talk about the community at large. How about that? What can churches yeah. do? So, you know, I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of people saying, hey, I want to be involved in anti-trafficking work. I want to go bust down doors. I want to go on raids. And I mean, well, okay, bump the brakes a little bit. But he, honestly, here's what, here's the most important thing that you can do. In, in community impact work, a lot of times I say, let's say we have an example where you and your group of friends are at the river and all of a sudden you see there are all these babies coming downstream in the river. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to jump in and start pulling those kids out. You're going to rescue them, obviously, but we can't stop there. Somebody has to be on the shore making sure these, after these kids are rescued, that they're okay, that they are getting the, the help that they need. But somebody, a lot of people needs to go upstream and find out who's throwing these kids in the river in the first place. And so that I think is the church's most important role in anti-human trafficking work is to go upstream to find out who are the vulnerable kids in our community, who are the people in our community that are most at risk to end up in trafficking situations. That's kids in foster care. That's kids that don't have healthy home lives. That's kids that maybe are looking for for something, runaway kids, homeless kids, um, kids that, that have those insecurities. And so if we as a church can really start to invest in kids upstream and stop them from ever getting into situations of trafficking, that's huge. Trafficking is so traumatic that will have a huge effect on you for the rest of your life if you're a victim of that. So if we as a church can go upstream and identify who are these vulnerable individuals in our community and let's be the church, let's invest in them and let them know the love of Jesus and serve them upstream, maybe we can prevent all of this from even happening. I know it's not as fun as busting down doors and going on raids, but it has a much bigger impact and that's what we want to shoot for. Yeah, the old adage, uh, what is it? Um, pound of prevention is worth an ounce of cure, something of that nature. So that's what you're talking there. Better never to have had the scar and the experiences. Let's come as we start uh, bringing this together. And Oh my, there's so much we could impact. But as we look at the community, what kind of resources, either to the families, what, what apps or what resources, uh, church, uh, community citizens, where can we go? And we'll put some of this in our interview notes as well. Uh, Maggie, afterwards, we'll get that locked down. But just to tell our audience, where, where do you go? How do we help? Yeah, I think that the most important thing is to find really accurate Faith or fact-based information, really to find what's actually out there. And the RISE Coalition, we offer trainings here locally, but you know, now that Zoom is happening and we're all kind of going digital, we're finding ways to reach communities all over the country. And so we're working on some virtual trainings, things like that, that are available to our community, but that will also be available to other communities around the country. Um, and so just to be able to find out like what kinds of things for your specific family are gonna be beneficial for you with your kids and with, with phones and devices and all of that. But then also finding out like, who are the organizations in your community that are doing this? Like what is your law enforcement, your local law enforcement doing? And here again in Joplin, 
they're doing incredible work to fight human trafficking and to partner with local nonprofits like RISE. Um, what is the medical community doing and what are, you know, here in Joplin, we have so many great organizations that, that offer medical services or, um, you know, social work services, whatever that is. And so I think just to start with finding out what is already in your community. A lot of times people say, I want to start my own thing. I want to start my own organization, but really let's find out what's already happening. Let's not reinvent the wheel and let's find out how can we be very, very informed, accurately informed about what's going on. And then how can we partner with our organizations that are already doing this incredible work? Great words. And as we finish up, May, with the pandemic, has trafficking gotten less, stayed the same, or worse? I, I think it's gotten worse. Um, it's not as um, reported right now we're seeing, um, but it's definitely gotten worse, you know, with people staying home, with kids being at home on their devices infinitely more than they ever had been because they weren't in school, things like that, um, with people just being stressed, with people looking for new ways to make money, things like that. Um, it's a problem that is not going away. It's continuing to get worse, and so the church needs to find their place in that, and they're you know, the, the amazing thing is there, there is a place for the church in anti-human trafficking work, um, a really big place for it. And so I'm excited to see churches start to rise up and be a part of that. Great. So we heard parents, be parental, be prayerful, church, be preventative, be those that are stopping it from falling into the river, your good metaphor there. And in the community, be pursuing of information. Find out what's already been happening by those in the medical community. Law enforcement can't say enough. Absolutely. They have a heart, many of them, and feel underwhelmed and just totally uh, needing more support in so many cases. So uh, any last words that you want to give our audience, uh, either from a general, the Shade family, to, hey, hang in there in the pandemic or something specific about trafficking? Yeah, I think I would just encourage churches to find your place in the community. I think churches are the cornerstone of communities. And if you can find out what your role is in that community, it can be a game changer. I mean, whether that's foster care, anti-trafficking work, working with schools, working with low-income families, there is a place for the church and we need to rise up and, and take that place. Thank you, Maggie Shade. Have a great day for all of you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed like I just did and learned some new things on what we can do in the community to be the hands and feet and for people like Maggie who are the mouthpiece for this very important issue that we need to deal with as a community in a day. So from all of us, we want to say thank you. And if you enjoyed watching this, I'm sure there's other people might appreciate it as well. So get on your social media channels, share it. There'll be information that you can tag in this as well. We have a podcast as well, edition of that. So from Maggie and us here in Joplin to all of you, have a blessed day. And until next time, stay tuned for more episodes of Faith Greater Than Fear. Blessings. <music>